Good afternoon, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scotty Six-Pack, the only podcast bringing you the top stories in all of Wisconsin sports. Plus, we do it in less time than it takes to complete your morning commute. I'm your host, Kedrick Summers, and I also write Scotty Six-Pack Daily Newsletter, which you should subscribe to at the link in this podcast description, scotty6pack.substack.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, at Scotty Six-Pack, or follow me, at Kedrick Summers. Let's talk about what's going on in Wisconsin sports today, and there is a lot that fans should be paying attention to, namely a lot in the basketball space, and we're going to start with the big game Wisconsin had yesterday against the Michigan Wolverines. Wisconsin fell at Michigan 87-79 to in overtime, and it was a heartbreaker, uh, a heartbreaker for Wisconsin fans, but a absolute joy to watch as a college basketball fan. Uh, I found myself watching that game, all the Wisconsin alum, obviously uh, very perplexed at the end of it, uh, but also just had a great time watching it as someone who just loves the ridiculous sport that is college basketball. Uh, of course, Michigan forced overtime, and in overtime, there were two ties, three lead changes, all until Michigan went on a 10-0 run to seal it and to put it away. Uh, ultimately, it didn't even necessarily look like Wisconsin just ran out of gas, it's just Andrews couldn't get stops when they needed it and went on a, a, a streak where they could not get a bucket, as is an issue that this team seems to run into again and again, where they cannot get somebody to go out and score. Uh, for overtime, though, Wisconsin looked like they were on the verge of getting a huge win on the road that was going to help their NCAA tournament chances, and winning that at Michigan over a team that Wisconsin fans in the last year have really grown not to like. Uh, Michigan team that has really grown to not like Wisconsin. Uh, this is one of the bud budding rivals in the Big Ten in all of college basketball. Uh, and Wisconsin really wanted this win. Wisconsin fans really wanted this win. Uh, for overtime, there were two ties and three lead changes in the final two minutes and 19 seconds of regulation. And that brought us all the way down to Michigan's final possession, where just beforehand, uh, Kamari McGee, reserve point guard for Wisconsin, who played a lot in this game. We'll get to that later. Kamari Mee hit two free throws to go up three points with eight seconds to go. Uh, Michigan went to bring the ball up the court, and Kobe Bufkin got the ball in the corner from Michigan, wide open, until Max Klesmit zoomed in from across the court and hit a swat of a block to force the ball out of bounds. Um, Greg Gar, as I said, Wisconsin was up three with eight seconds to go. Greg Gar, after the game, said that he wanted to foul Michigan as they brought the ball up the court and put them to the line um, as Wisconsin was up three with just a few seconds left. Uh, apparently, Kamari McGee tried to foul, could not get the call. There's a lot of discourse on Twitter about fouling up three yesterday. Apparently, guard tried to get that foul off, uh, just was not successful. Then, Michigan advanced the ball, block happens. Excellent swat block by Max Klesman, as I said. Then, Michigan goes to inbound the ball again with about 2.5 seconds left on the clock. Uh, ball gets inbounded. Hunter Dickinson, the ire of many, many Wisconsin fan, uh, makes a circus catch as Jordan Davis tries to go for a steal on the inbound. Uh, really just tries to catch the ball out of the air as it's looking like it's going to kind of just miss. Uh, Dickinson just hit his fingertips. He tries to get it as Dickinson has to make a circus catch, turn basically 180 degrees around, and chuck up a three, and he buries it. I, I mean, like, as a Michigan fan, if, if you're a Michigan fan... You gotta love watching that shot again and again and again. And if you're a Wisconsin fan, it makes you sick to your stomach 
to watch the guy who's been out here talking trash about your team for so long to do that to you just with an absolute dagger. Um, and of course, that's the shot everybody's going to talk about in this game. Uh, there's a lot to talk about from this game. You can talk about all the guys for Michigan, like Kobe Bufkin, uh, who met, had 28 points with eight rebounds and two assists. Uh, but Andre Dickinson, that shot's going to be talked about whether fans like him or not. Uh, he had 23 points on the game, 10 rebounds, four assists. Really, he had a great game. Looked a lot better than he did uh, playing at the Cole Center. Um, but for Wisconsin, Connor Seijin had an excellent game. He had 24 points with only one made three-pointer in 37 minutes of game time. Uh, just an excellent, excellent performance uh, by the young freshman. Mac Klesmet, who I mentioned before, had that big SWAT block near the end of regulation as well. He played an incredible game uh, as well. The, the Nina native and Wofford transfer, he played an incredible game defensively. Uh, I would be shocked if he does not win uh, all Big Ten conference, uh, all, all defensive honors. He had a, that big block at the end of regulation. Uh, it was just one of two blocks on the game. He had two steals on the game. Plus, he had 19 points, and he went five for eight from the three-point line. He had five three-pointers in this game. Absolute performance by Max Klesmet that I'm sure we'd be talking about more if it weren't for how the game ended. Chucky Hepburn, uh, he exited the game with 15.42 to go in the second half. Uh, Badgers didn't play out of sorts without him, as we've seen uh, Wisconsin tend to do in some cases where uh, Chucky Hepburn leaves the floor. Of course, there was the game against Marquette where he ends up coming back uh, and the Badgers looked a little lifeless without him. Of course, uh, Wisconsin's early exit from the NCAA tournament last spring uh, where Wisconsin fell to Iowa State. Uh, Wisconsin did not look the same without Chucky Hepburn on the court. Wisconsin kept their own, kept their composure uh, with Kamari McGee. Uh, of course, the Green Bay transfer coming in and playing that final 15-42 in regulation and also the final five minutes of overtime. Uh, well, Hepburn out and injured. Uh, Greg Gard, after the game, did not have an update on Chuck Hepburn's status, but apparently Hepburn was seen walking around the facility with a little bit of a limp. He wasn't wearing a boot. He wasn't wearing a cast, nothing like that, uh, but was walking around with a little bit of a limp after the game. So Wisconsin's got a big one next. They got they got to host uh, Purdue in their home season finale, and you got to hope for a big one from Wisconsin here. Uh it would be massive, massive, massive upset victory uh, for Wisconsin in order to try and improve their NCAA tournament chances. Elsewhere in Wisconsin, there was another big basketball game with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns in a rematch of the NBA Finals from just a few years ago when Milwaukee won the title and a potential Finals preview, except for the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant both did not play in this game. So we got to see some shorthanded uh, title contenders on this team and really see what everybody on that team could do. Of course, neither of these teams are lacking uh, star players uh, outside of their perhaps best two players on the team. And uh, of course, Kevin Durant wasn't even on this team, has not yet played for this team in Phoenix yet. So we have no idea what that team's even going to look like uh, when Kevin Durant really goes and plays. Of course, Giannis out with uh, an apparent knee injury that he suffered in that first game back from the All-Star break. And Kevin Durant has not played since January 8th, uh, since he suffered a sprained MCL. This game also came down to the wire, and Milwaukee won it 104-101. to uh, Everybody's looking at the last possession of the game. There, last couple of possessions, uh, Devin Booker gets the ball and ties it for Phoenix. Uh, and then 
Coach Bud takes the timeout for Milwaukee, and ultimately the ball goes to Chris Middleton, who finds Brooke Lopez for the go-ahead layup in order to win it. And Drew Holiday, after the game, said that he thought that Chris Middleton was going to shoot it there because that's usually what you expect uh, Chris Middleton to do. But middle, uh, sorry, but Holiday went out of his way to say, "Hey, but Chris Middleton is not just a shooter; he's a playmaker. He goes out, he makes plays, he finds guys for buckets, and he found Brooke Lopez uh, to get a big bucket." Of course, there was still time left on the clock at the end of the game. Uh, Phoenix took another timeout to advance the ball to half court, and the ball went back to Devin Booker. And with seconds on the clock, with Milwaukee just barely hanging on to a lead, Drew Holiday forces a steal on Devin Booker. Tell me if you've heard that track before. Uh, of course, going all the way back to Game 5 of the NBA Finals uh, against Phoenix, where Drew Holiday forced the value. Uh, in one of the most iconic moments in franchise history for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, but that ends up sealing it, uh, free throw, ice game. And it's the 14th straight win for the Milwaukee Bucks, the longest winning streak by any team in the NBA this season. Not the longest streak overall, as uh, San, San Antonio Spurs have now lost 16 straight games. Uh, but overall, we got some really, really, really great looks from guys uh, the other three great players on the Milwaukee Bucks, not named Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Chris Middleton still progressing after he came back from injury. He played 25 minutes in this game. He had 11 points. He had 10 rebounds and six assists. He did not make a three-pointer in this game. His three-point shooting has been a little bit questionable since coming back from injury. You see him kind of struggle from there basically every night. Uh, and it's something that's missing from his game that you really want to be able to rely on. Uh, something that Milwaukee has been trying to get back through combinations of bringing guys into the lineup and you hope that Chris Middleton can return to form because if he's able to this team looks even more incredible than it already does being just a game back in the Eastern Conference standings from a team that uh, a team in the Boston Celtics that everybody in the NBA media seems to want to crown champions uh already but Bucks have just been right behind them with a Chris Middleton list team and Giannis sitting for large portions of the season as well. Uh, aside from Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, of course, with that uh, go-ahead bucket at the end of regulation there, the go-ahead layup, uh, he had 22 points, 13 rebounds, and he had four blocks. Count them, one, two, three, four blocks on the game. He's not dominating the block stat uh, in the NBA like he was near the beginning of the season, uh, but he still has 2.4 blocks per game, and that's good enough for third best in the NBA. Still having an incredible season. Uh, Brooke Lopez looks like an absolute monster. But a guy having perhaps the best season of his career, I think you can make a case for, is the Bucks point guard, Drew Holiday. Last night, he had 33 points in 35 minutes. That's 33 points in 35 minutes. Uh, he was plus 13 on the game. He had four rebounds. He had five assists. And he, Drew Holiday seems to show up in all of these games that Giannis sits and just has an incredible performance. And at this point, teams have to be queuing in on Drew Holiday in these games where Giannis is not playing, and he is still showing up and performing. Uh, like I said, this might be a Drew Holiday's best season ever. Uh, the only season in which he has averaged more points than he is currently averaging right now. Uh, right now, he's averaging 19.8 points. He only has one other season where he averages better. 21.2, so a little more than a point better. And that came in 2018-2019 uh, when he was with the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, but he averaged 1.4 points more in three more minutes per game. Uh, of course, it's not a huge leap, but 
a little bit more minutes, a little bit more points. Maybe Drew Holiday's on the same pace. Uh, and over the course of this season, compared to that one, his three-point makes are up, his three-point percentage is up, his effective field goal percentage is up, and he's doing these performances without the full lineup of players on his team. Like I said, have harkened back to again and again with this Milwaukee Bucks team. Giannis is sitting a lot of the year. Chris Middleton has been sitting most of the year. We are getting these big, big, big performances from Drew Holiday in his second ever All-Star uh, All-Star season. And this might be his uh, vintage season right here. Uh, just an absolute blessing for us to be able to witness this here in Milwaukee. Uh, aside from basketball, let's talk hockey for a second. And then I promise we're actually going to get back to basketball. Uh, after all, we are uh, right on the cusp of March Madness. But with March Madness also comes NCAA hockey tournament time. Uh, so we're going to talk both Wisconsin Badgers hockey teams, starting with the women. Uh, the Wisconsin women's hockey team swept Minnesota State over the weekend. That was in the first round of the WCHA conference tournament. Wisconsin won 3-0 on Friday, and Wisconsin won 4-1 on Saturday. On Friday, uh, Kristen Sims, Carolyn Harvey, and Sarah Wozniewicz each recorded a goal, and Cami Cronish, of course, with the Wisconsin 3-0 win, recorded her seventh shutout on the season. Uh, really great performance. Uh, we'll get back to Caroline Harvey in just a second, actually. And on Saturday, Wisconsin actually trailed in this game at the end of the first. Uh, Minnesota State scored with about two minutes and 40 seconds remaining in the first period, but Wisconsin scored the next four goals unanswered to put away Minnesota State, uh, effectively ending their season. And that came on an effort with also individual goal scorers in this one. Britta Curl, Layla Edwards, Sarah Wozniewicz. She was the only player who scored more than one goal on the weekend. And Lacey Eden. Of course, I said we were going to talk about Caroline Harvey, uh, Wisconsin's freshman defender. And Caroline's 11 goals are the seventh most on a season for a defender in program history. Of course, a very impressive mark. That's not for a first-year defender in program history. That's the seventh most goals for any defender in program history. Caroline Harvey is doing it in her first year. And her 35 points are the second most by a Wisconsin defender in their first year of play uh, in Madison. And that just lets you know why she was brought in and why she ended up coming in a year later because she was playing on the Olympic team uh, as a very, very, very young kid uh, last last year. Um, like I mentioned, her 35 points are the second most by a Wisconsin defender in their first year of the program. The record is 44, so don't think she's going to end up breaking it, but really, really great stuff that we've seen from the kid so far this season. I do also want to cue in on something that Mark Johnson said at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the game on Saturday. Uh, he was interviewed in postgame, and he was asked about the team's performance, of course, and he said, this time of year, if you have a bunch of people contributing on the score sheet, that makes you that much more dangerous to play against. Like I mentioned, we had seven goals scored this weekend in Madison by the Badgers, and six of them came from different goal scorers. Not a lot of volume coming from any one goal scorer this weekend. And that's something, obviously, Mark Johnson commented on right there, and something that has been a theme this season throughout the Badgers. And as he said, that makes you more dangerous to play against. I don't know if that's totally true for this Wisconsin team and for, honestly, women's college hockey overall. That doesn't seem to be a huge trend. Uh, it's just not how these Wisconsin teams have typically been built in the past. 
a, these elite Wisconsin teams have usually been built on the backs of pure goal scorers. Uh, I'm thinking people like Daryl Watts, Sophie Shirley, Annie Pankowski, Emily Clark, Sarah Nurse, going back just a handful of years here. And this team doesn't really have that. Uh, this team's leading goal scorers, th these are the three current leading goal scorers on the team, and they will. Pro one of these three will most likely end up leading the team in goals. You have Britta Curl, who has scored 18 times this year, followed by Lacey Eden at 17, and Casey O'Brien at 16. And Wisconsin fans who have followed this team for a couple of years now know that those 16 goals by Casey O'Brien is a huge drop-off in production uh, since last season. Uh, O'Brien's scored 27 times last season and tallied 55 points overall. Casey O'Brien's production has dropped off a ton. It's not like she has sat uh, through large portions of this season, and it's it's been something that I think Wisconsin and Mark Johnson have really missed uh, as part of this team, this team that struggled through big chunks of this year. I think they were planning on getting more production from Casey O'Brien near that same clip again, uh, that they got last year from her. Uh, and this is going to be this team's lowest uh, leading, like it, it's going to be the first time this team has this low point total of a leading score since the 2017-18 season, uh, excepting the COVID season. And that was when Claudia Kepler led the team with 22 goals. Uh, the next highest goal scorer on that team only had 12 goals on the season. Uh, there were a few of them. And Wisconsin teams can succeed that way. Uh, that team lost in double overtime in the semifinals of the Frozen Four to Colgate. And, but it obviously was not a national championship team. That kind of is the standard at Wisconsin. Uh, you got to go out and win national championships, at least compete in the Frozen Four. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to look at the rest of the way. Wisconsin obviously struggled mightily uh, throughout big chunks of this regular season, but they are looking fine now, perhaps peaking at the right time, uh, played pretty competitively uh, against Minnesota and Ohio State at the end of the year, of course, notching uh, a couple of victories between those two series. So we'll see uh, when, what happens next. Uh, next up is the WCHA final faceoff. Wisconsin will play Minnesota Friday in the semifinals, and Wisconsin has not lost to Minnesota yet this season, uh, but we'll preview the entire Frozen Four, or sorry, not the Frozen Four, uh, final face-off later in this week. I'm hoping that we are previewing the Frozen Four for this team uh, a little bit later on in the year. Uh, and when we also preview the WCHA final face-off, also include a little bracketology uh NCAA tournament field prediction section for the women's hockey team as well. Uh, I think this team is pretty safely in the tournament field now. Uh, that looks like a bigger question uh, around Christmas time. It's kind of interesting how this team has played themselves pretty safely into the field uh, from you know mid-January on, while the Wisconsin men's basketball team hit around that same point in early to mid-January where they were safely in the field and have now played themselves out onto the bubble. Well, the Wisconsin women's hockey team has played themselves Trump on the bubble to safely into the field. Uh, I guess you can't have everything you ask for. Uh, but the other hockey team in Madison, being the men's hockey team, uh, they finished their regular season. I'll try to keep this short because I think we'll have time to recap this whole season soon because I think their season is going to be over uh, at the end of this weekend. 
And we'll try to do a little bit of a season recap, even with March Madness going on, uh, because we'll have an extra week in the middle there uh, between selections, between when Wisconsin hockey team's season is going to end and Selection Sunday. So I think we'll probably get a Granado firing the week before Selection Sunday. Uh, so we'll get a little bit of time in there while we are also trying to keep up as best we can with some Big Ten tournament action. But Wisconsin split their final weekend of the regular season with Penn State taking a loss uh, by a score of 6-1 to one on Friday, and they won the Saturday game 2-1. to one. Uh, Kyle McClellan, Wisconsin's goaltender, recorded 47 saves on Saturday for the win, tying his career high, and that's a Big Ten road win over there in uh, in Pennsylvania. And it was the first time Wisconsin won a Big Ten road game in 22 attempts, dating all the way back to last season. Uh, the Badgers only won two Big Ten road games last season. Uh, they won a regular season game uh, October 2021 at Michigan. That was their Wisconsin's last Big Ten regular season win. And their other Big Ten road win was March 2022, uh, winning the first game of the first round of the Big Ten tournament at Notre Dame, which that first round of the Big Ten tournament is where Wisconsin is headed next. Uh, of course, it's a best of three series in the first round here and Wisconsin's going to play at Michigan. Wisconsin is one and three against Michigan this season, winning the first game at the Kohl Center before losing the second and losing both games in Ann Arbor. So uh should be interesting. Wisconsin, of course, playing for their life. They got no shot at the NCAA tournament whatsoever unless they miraculously win uh the Big Ten tournament. Um, this has been a kind of stacked Big Ten year. And we'll talk about that at uh the season recap overall. But uh, Wisconsin struggled mightily, and I think we are likely in for some change in the Wisconsin men's hockey program. Uh, and you hope that uh, athletic director Chris McIntosh can do what he has pretty successfully done to the football program. Obviously, with the caveat that we have not seen any on-field results there uh, with Lee Fickle and the Wisconsin football team yet. Uh, but you hope, hope, if you're a Badger fan, that uh, McIntosh can bring that same kind of energy to the Wisconsin men's hockey program because... That program has been lacking it for quite a long time now. Uh, let's talk about basketball again. A uh, little hockey sandwich with basketball as the bread. Uh, we're going to talk about UW-Milwaukee, the Panthers. Uh, Milwaukee just missed out on a potential four-way tie for the Horizon League Championship yesterday. Uh, sorry, not yesterday, this weekend. Uh, but was, but Milwaukee did win their regular season finale over Cleveland State. Uh, and that was good enough to tie for second in the conference with Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky. And so UW-Milwaukee actually won the tie-breaking procedures. So the Panthers end up as the second seed in the Horizon League tournament. Youngstown State, the Penguins, won the conference outright, uh, winning by one game over those three, Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky, and UW-Milwaukee. Uh, but at second place, Milwaukee will host a quarterfinal home game in the Horizon League tournament. Uh, and that game will be Thursday at 7 p.m. The Horizon League reseeds the entire way of the tournament. It's not a, uh, sorry, it's not a perfect bracket. So UW-Milwaukee is going to play the second highest seeded team remaining after the first round of the Horizon League tournament, which means that Milwaukee will play one of uh, number seven Wright State, number 10 Green Bay, eighth seeded Detroit Mercy, which has the nation's scoring leader in Antoine Davis, a, or the ninth seeded Purdue Fork Wayne. 
Of course, those games are going to be tomorrow night, those first round of the Horizon League tournament games. Uh, so keep your eyes on those Red State Green Bay and Detroit Mercy Purdue Fort Wayne matchups. But conference tournaments begin today. March Madness has begun on Monday, February 27th. Uh, we have the Atlantic Sun, the A-Sun tournament, beginning today with two games on ESPN+. Plus. Those games are going to tip off at 6 p.m. You have Queens and Florida Gulf Coast. Winner of that game is going to play uh, number one overall seeded Kennesaw State tomorrow night. And North Florida and Bellarmine are going to play in the second A-Sun tournament matchup tonight. And the winner of that game will go to play number two Liberty tomorrow night. One big note for the A-Sun tournament. I want you all to know why I'm talking about this. Beyond the fact that I plan to add into the sixth segment here for the next couple of weeks until we hit Selection Sunday. We're going to hit these conference tournaments. College basketball season is in full swing. This is March Madness. If you love college basketball, this is what you got to have on your radar every single day from here until uh, two weeks from now. But a reason to watch is because Wisconsin Badgers, they are on the bubble. They have the thinnest of margins left. They need things to break their way in order to get in. And the Atlantic Sun Tournament, the A-Sun Tournament, this is something Badger fans want to keep their eyes on. Uh, because, like I mentioned, the number one seed in the A-Sun Tournament is Kennesaw State, but Badger fans want number two seed Liberty to win this game. Liberty has a quirky case to make this field as an at-large team. We'll get into this more tomorrow. We're going to hit some Wisconsin Badgers uh, men's basketball bracketology tomorrow on the podcast in the newsletter. Uh, but a reminder, half of NCAA tournament teams get in as conference champions. If you win the Big Ten tournament, you win the Big East tournament, if you win the A-Sun tournament, if you win the Horizon League tournament, you get a spot in the NCAA tournament, you get a spot in the Big Dance. The other half of those spots go to at-large teams that did not win their conference tournaments, but had a good enough uh, set of regular season results to get themselves into the tournament to be in the field of 68. Liberty has a quirky case as an at-large team. So you do not want a scenario here in the A-Sun where a team like Kennesaw State, like <laughs> North Florida, um, like Bellarmine, where a team that wouldn't be an at-large pick wins the tournament because then Liberty could get in as an at-large, taking a potential at-large spot away from a team on the bubble like Wisconsin. Liberty is the only team in the A-Sun who has any kind of an at-large uh at-large at case, so you want Liberty to get in with the auto bid, leaving one of those at-large spots for a team like the Badgers, if you are a UW fan. As I mentioned, we got a couple of things that we're going to circle back on tomorrow. This is one of the busiest, best times of the, sport, of the sports calendar. We just passed the NBA trade deadline. We're on our way to the NHL trade deadline, and we don't talk about a lot of NHL here uh, because we got some split fan bases in Wisconsin between Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, as I sit uh, on my hands waiting for the Blackhawks to trade Patrick Kane uh, so I can write a soliloquy all about that. But we have got that going on. We're about to hit March Madness being in full swing. There's so, so, so much going on. So stay tuned to the Scotty Six Pack podcast to get everything you need to know about Wisconsin sports every single day. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start every day with everything you need to know about Wisconsin sports. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Kendrick Stumbris. I'm Wisconsin.